Welcome to the Lions and Luf podcast series on the Swiss corporate law reform. After being in the making for almost 20 years, this reform touches a wide area of topics, ranging from gender equality to more flexible capital structures. My name is Gilles and I'm an associate in the Swiss corporate and M&A team of Lions and Luf. Together with my colleagues, I will guide you through the most compelling upcoming amendments. This podcast series is divided into five short episodes. Each episode introduces a main topic and elaborates on its main pitfalls, challenges and implications. Whether you want to learn about electronic resolutions and virtual meetings, duties of the board of directors, corporate governance for listed entities, changes related to share capital or shareholder activism, this is the podcast for you. Let's embark on this journey together. Today, we are talking about the upcoming amendments in relation to shareholders' meetings and resolutions. Currently, Swiss corporate law provides for rather strict rules in relation to such meetings. For example, shareholders' meetings must be held physically and in principle at one single venue. Moreover, only those shareholders that physically participate to the meeting or are represented by proxies at the meeting can validly exercise their voting rights. Also, the venue of the shareholders' meetings must be in Switzerland. And finally, Circular resolutions of the shareholders are not permitted. In practice, the current setup led to several inefficiencies, both in the governance of group companies, of multinational enterprises, but also in general for companies with shareholders residing in foreign countries that currently must travel to Switzerland to attend shareholders' meetings. The Swiss corporate law reform will allow for greater flexibility in the organization and attendance of shareholders' meetings. These amendments are very welcome in the legal and business community. Therefore, we decided to talk to you about these changes in this first podcast. I would like to introduce you to my colleague, Natalie. She has been a member of our Swiss corporate and M&A team and has been involved in several matters in relation to corporate governance. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to today's podcast. Hi, Shil. Good to talk to you today. Thank you for being here today with us. Do you agree that the modernization of the rules for shareholders' meetings and resolutions will have far-reaching consequences in practice? Yes, I fully agree with you. The corporate law reform contains some new and modern ways to hold corporate meetings, and I believe that these will be broadly used in the future. The main changes are the possibility to hold the general meeting of shareholders entirely virtually and the possibility to hold the general meeting at several venues at the same time or even abroad. Furthermore, the reform will allow for circular shareholders' resolution. As for the board of directors, it will be explicitly possible to make virtual resolutions. This is indeed an important progress from the current situation. Well, some of the changes are only explicitly allowing practices that were already permitted under the current law. However, the biggest innovation 
is probably the possibility to hold virtual shareholders' meetings without a physical venue. I totally agree. It seems rather anachronistic that today we still must hold physical shareholders' meetings. Yes, absolutely. To meet the needs of today, the reform therefore provides for a shareholders' meeting to be held without an actual venue and fully virtual, only by electronic means, for example, by video conference. Image transmission is not a mandatory requirement, which means that telephone conferences or even messaging are also possible. Generally, is there anything that needs to be implemented in order to hold virtual shareholder meetings? Are there any validity requirements? In order to be able to hold virtual shareholders' meetings, companies need to make certain arrangements. Generally, virtual shareholders' meetings are only permitted if there is a corresponding basis in the Articles of Incorporation. Therefore, we highly recommend to plan a revision of the Articles of Incorporation to be able to use this instrument. The costs for such amendments are rather on the low side and the process quite straightforward. Required is only a majority resolution of the shareholders' meeting that must be notarized and filed to the competent commercial register. Right, an amendment of the Articles of Incorporation is surely to be recommended. And from a practical perspective, uh, what will be the requirements for each shareholders' meeting? Before such a virtual channel meeting is convened, the board of directors must regulate the use of electronic means and ensure, firstly, that the identity of the participants can be established, secondly, that the votes in the general meeting can be directly transmitted, thirdly, that each participant can submit motions and take part in the discussion, and finally, that the voting result cannot be distorted. And from a formal perspective? From a formal perspective, the relevant regulations must be formalized either in a board resolution or in the organizational regulations. The use of electronic means may also be regulated in the Articles of Incorporation, but this is not recommended because it is easier to take a new board resolution or amend the organizational regulations than to amend the Articles of Incorporation. With this, companies can maintain broader flexibility. Okay, so there is need for action for the board. And the board of directors is also responsible for the invitation uh, of the shareholders to the meeting. Is there anything noteworthy in this regard? In general, the convocation of a virtual shareholders meeting remains mostly the same as for general meetings with an actual venue. It must also be convened by the board of directors at least 20 days before the date of the meeting. No deadline is required for universal meetings, meaning when all shareholders are present at the meeting. The board of directors also has the possibility to only summarize the agenda items and make more detailed information accessible electronically. However, this is only to avoid extensive administrative work, for example, in connection with a comprehensive revision of the Articles of Incorporation, and the deadline of 20 days must therefore be kept also for this information. Okay, and back to the meeting. Are there any specific requirements in relation to the minutes of the meeting? The board of directors is required to take minutes during the virtual general meeting. 
Just like now, the minutes must in particular show the date, the beginning and the end, as well as the type and place of the general meeting. Further, the minutes must contain information on the shares outstanding and represented, the text of the resolutions and the voting and election results. Also, the minutes must reflect the request for information made by the shareholders, the replies given to such requests and the statements put on record by the shareholders. Additionally, relevant technical problems arising during the general meeting must also be noted down. Technical problems. This is indeed a good keyword and one of the main pitfalls. What are the biggest challenges in this regard? The biggest challenge in this regard is that the board of directors must ensure the identification of the participants in a general meeting so that the voting results cannot be falsified. For the virtual shareholders meeting, this means that the board of directors must ensure that the technical requirements are met to be able to identify the participants. Likewise, the board of directors must ensure that the software used protects against unauthorized third parties. This does not mean that the board of directors must exclude all risks associated with the use of electronic means, but it should refrain from using an insecure platform. This means, for example, that it can send personalized access to the software to each shareholder individually as part of the convening process. To increase security, the convocation could be sent by encrypted email. It is also conceivable that facial recognition software is used or that the identity can be verified by a virtual identity card. And this raises also issues in relation to personal data. So parties are also well advised to review the process from a data protection perspective, in particular if personal data is being processed by third parties and abroad. And But what happens if an unauthorized person participates to the meeting. If an unauthorized person participates to the meeting, then the affected shareholders' meeting resolutions may be challenged by any shareholder. Which is indeed a far-reaching consequence. And are there any requirements on the software to use? In principle, the board of directors is free to choose the software but it must be available to the shareholders free of charge. And what do you think will be the main technical difficulty? The main technical difficulty, especially with a large number of shareholders, is the correct transmission of votes and in particular the exercise of voting rights and the associated difficulty of counting all votes correctly. Is there anything else that you would recommend? Depending on the number of shareholders, It might make sense for a company to provide for a chat or a telephone support before and during virtual shareholders meeting. And I'm interested, what happens if uh, technical problems occur? If technical problems occur during the virtual general meeting and the meeting cannot be conducted properly, it must be repeated. It is important to note at this point, however, that decisions taken prior to the occurrence of technical problems remain valid. Technical problems caused by software or hardware problems on the part of the shareholders are their own responsibility and are therefore not covered by this provision. 
And on another topic, certain resolutions require the presence of a public notary. Uh, are our notaries prepared for such virtual meetings? The question whether resolutions that were adopted during a virtual general meeting and that require notarization, such as amendments to the Articles of Incorporation, can only be answered based on cantonal law. In view of the possibility of a virtual general meeting now provided for under federal law, it is likely that in the long term notarization of virtual meetings will be permitted. Uh, are these all the changes? No, these were just the most important changes, but there's a lot more. For example, provided that no shareholder or his representative objects, circular shareholders' resolutions will be permitted. Yes, and this will for sure simplify intergroup transactions. But now on another topic, uh, you mentioned meetings at several venues. Uh, can you tell us more? The corporate law reform provides for legal certainty with regard to the conduction of shareholders' meetings at several venues. It will be expressly permitted to hold the meeting in parallel at several locations. The prerequisite for this is that the determination of the meeting locations does not make the exercise of shareholders' rights inappropriately difficult and that the votes of all participants are transmitted directly in picture and sound at all meeting locations. The manner in which the meeting is held is left to the discretion of the board of directors within the scope of its duty of care and does not require a provision in the Articles of Incorporation. And shareholders' meetings currently have to be held in Switzerland. Uh, is this going to change? This is also something that will change. It will be permitted to hold the shareholders' meeting abroad. This requires a basis in the Articles of Incorporation. At this point, attention needs to be made. Holding shareholders' meetings abroad might have consequences from a tax perspective in Switzerland and abroad. In particular, it should be reviewed whether the place of effective management of the company is being shifted outside of Switzerland, which might be the case especially if the daily business of the company is not fully conducted in Switzerland. Natalie, that was a lot of information. Uh, would you highlight the most important topics? Sure, with pleasure. The introduction of the virtual shareholders meeting is probably one of the most significant innovations of the revised corporate law. We recommend amending the Articles of Incorporation to be permitted to make use of this new instrument. Also, the Board of Directors should regulate the modalities around such virtual meetings in a board resolution or in their organizational regulations. From a practical perspective, when conducting the meeting, Care must be taken to ensure that participants are correctly identified, that shareholders' rights of participation and involvement are safeguarded, and that votes are accurately counted. If technical problems arise on the part of the company, these must be recorded in the minutes and rectified. Resolutions passed during the occurrence of technical problems must be repeated or ratified at a later shareholders' meeting. If the technical problems cannot be resolved, the general meeting must be repeated. Moreover, it will be permitted to hold shareholders' meeting at several venues and even abroad. Finally, circular shareholders' resolutions will be permitted. Thank you very much, Natalie.
Thank you for having me, Shiel. This was the first out of five episodes of the Lawrence and Loof podcast series on Swiss corporate law reform. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your interest. If you require any further information, trainings, materials, or if you have any specific question, please get in touch with us. You find our contact details and additional information on the website or connect with us on LinkedIn.